Where in the world is Jed Hoyer? We try to figure that out now. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alongside Sam Olber, I'm Matt Cozy. Please support the show and be a part of the Locked On Cubs community by following on all audio platforms. And you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on the YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Sam and I are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's Tuesday episode is presented by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with GameTime. We are going to try to complete a search for Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, within the next uh, 15, 20 minutes. And there's a lot to say about the Cubs prez, Sam. Uh, where would you like to start? Well, I, I think I think we've been very critical on this show of, of David Ross. And I think, you know, sometimes when you you do that, you, you have to also be critical of Jed Hoyer. So I think I think it's very you know, I, th- I think we I think it's time maybe to have that Jed Hoyer conversation. And I am in the camp of wait and see still with Jed. I, I always said going into this season, I thought 2023 was going to be the year of evaluating David Ross. And obviously that hasn't gone well so far. And 2024, if, if they're still not even competing for the postseason, then then it would be time for Jed Hoyer. But but I'm interested to hear kind of what you think, because my whole thing with Jed Hoyer is, is it, it's not even the two-year anniversary of when he sold everybody. Um, You know, and and two years later, we have a team that we are pretty adamant that they're underachieving and a pretty good roster. And he's taken the the farm system and he's turned it around. Now he's made mistakes. I mean, he's completely misevaluated this bullpen. Uh, And, and, you know, Jamison Tyone's off to a bad start. And and there's a lot of things. But overall, I think I, I still think long term I have confidence in Jed Hoyer. I just think there needs to be some tweaks, uh, but but time's running out on that too. For the most part, I would say Jed Hoyer has been successful in the trade market, right? And he's been average to below in the free agent market. A lot of times that has been with players on the so-called margins. Some of the time it's been with bigger name players, but for whatever reason, he has not been able to sign enough people that have produced value for this ball club. Meanwhile, he's made just some outstanding trades. I mean, two summers in a row where most of your top prospects are from trades either from July of 21 or July or August of 22. Right. And so interesting to see where that shift, if any, uh, moves forward especially try to get better at the free agent market and, and, you know, still leverage some trades, uh, whether that's, 
I mean, hopefully not this summer, but but certainly this this winter again. And um, you know, there's a lot of things that I'd like to I'd like to ask Jed. You know, I'd like to ask Jed about the margins. I'd like to ask right. Jed about why this club is is so bad in the clutch. Sure. I'd like to ask Jed about the lack of a reliable bullpen. And finally, I'd like to ask Jed, you know, what are your thoughts on wasting good seasons from from nine players on your roster? Right. Horner, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, Bellinger, Stroman, Steele, Smiley, Morrell. Shoot, I'd even put Jan Gomes in there. That's 10 players, fam. Right. 10 of your 26 players are having a good season, and it's all for not right now. Yeah. 20 and 26. I yeah. get it. They were building for the future. I get it. It makes you shudder if they didn't trade the core. I, I understand. But but I thought the rebuild was over. Yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they're rebuilding anymore, but I also don't think they're in a win-now mode. I think they're in a tweener phase. I agree with what you said, and I think that's the next step for Jed as a, as a president of baseball ops is – to figure out the margins. I think he comes from a very analytical school where he really believes that there's randomness in that stuff and that it, a lot of it comes down to luck. And I think he has to handle that or the organization better because this just isn't a recent thing. The Cubs were terrible on the margins most of April and May last season as well. They just had a, a worse team, so they, they couldn't hide it as well. Um, the Cubs are one and 11 in their last 12 games decided by two runs or less. That's not, you, you can't attribute that to luck. And, and, wow. and part of Jed Hoyer's failures right now is that he's married to this manager and this manager isn't managing well. But I think when you're evaluating a president of baseball ops, you have to look at the organization from the top down. And I think people don't realize that Jed was left with a really rough hand from Theo Epstein. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys in contract years, a lot of guys struggling, and it yep. could have been a lot worse than this. So that's why I have a little bit more patience with Jed, but, but, you know, it, it's an organization wide failure right now at the top, at the top of the, the organization, which is the big league team, which is the team that matters. Um, and it needs to be fixed, but I do think Jed has hit enough doubles and triples and even a couple home runs like the Bellinger signing that it gives me hope that he knows what he's doing but we have to figure out the margins going forward. Yeah. And should a franchise of this value and this size of market ever be in an in-between year, like you say, yeah. you know, perhaps that's a conversation for, for a different program. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on, on these things. You yeah. know, I, my, would, my thing with Jed right now that, that, that we were getting to in the title. Right. Is, you know, in times of trial and times of, of trouble right now, where is he? Sure. You know, when the Cubs return home 100%. on Tuesday, please step out of the the, uh, the office building yep. and take a few questions. Because I right. do think that where Theo absolutely excelled, one of his hallmarks, quite frankly, was transparency. Even though the Ch Chicago Sun-Times never understood that. Rick Morrissey and Rick Tellender and Gordon Wittenmeyer. Um, but Theo was always transparent. And, you know, Jed Hoyer, I think, does lack some of that in some cases. I don't know if it's at a major scale, but I would like him to address some of these things as a fan. I'd like to hear from yeah. him during the season. Yeah, I think, I think 
the fact that he hasn't spoke during the six and sixteen stretch outside of the day they brought Mervis's up isn't right. Um, the the in between year money thing is a Ricketts thing, not a Hoyer thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, where's Ricketts th- been? <laughs> I mean, Ricketts is Ricketts is trying to convince everybody to get a mocha at the Starbucks nearby. Huh? You know, no, he Ricketts is. Uh... Anyway, uh, I agree with you though. My dad won't like that one. The 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 lack of transparency with Jed. They hide, wait for the win streaks. I agree. My my overall thing with Jed Hoyer is, I think he's done enough. Again, I don't think people understand what he was left with. Chris Bryant. Sure. Let's just let's just quickly break it down. Chris Bryant contract year. You turn him into Killian, who's a half asset uh, at this point. Canario, I'd say, is a full asset. And Chris Bryant and his contract, I would say, with his health issues, is a liability. Javier Baez and his current contract is a liability. You turned him into, before his contract, into PCA, which you could make the case is probably your number one asset as an organization. Right. When you're just evaluating you're like trade value, PCA yeah. is your number one asset. You got that for a guy that really is a sunk cost at this point in his major league career. Um, Anthony Rizzo is probably the one they'd like to have back, albeit Alcantara is a nice asset because Anthony Rizzo was really the heartbeat of the organization, yep. and he is still producing at a pretty high level, albeit in a arcade uh, right field ballpark. Um, Contreras, you know, I think they dodged a bullet there. Um, right. Schwarber, 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 they'd probably like to have back, but, but Bellinger, you know, in, in two years, he's kind of built like your core group of players. I don't like using that word, but you know, Bellinger won't be there, but Horner, Swanson, Suzuki, Hap, Steele, those five guys can be five of your better players on a really good team. Obviously yes, they need to yes. fill it, but, um, yeah, look, this isn't. I'm not a Jed Hoyer apologist by any means. He needs to do better. I think his biggest issue right now is, I think, the marriage to the manager. I mean, we continue to see report after report that he thinks the manager is doing a great job. And at this point, just like Eric Hosmer, when Eric Hosmer started to struggle, it's not on Eric Hosmer anymore. It's the guy that's putting him in that position. That's right. kind of where I'm at with David Ross, where it's like, dude, you're not even commenting on it. Like, you know, th- if this is your guy, like, when you go six and sixteen and one and eleven and two in two run or less games, somebody has to be blamed. So if it's not the roster, and it's not the manager, right? Like it's either Jed or Ross for the most part, right? It's either the guy putting the players, choosing to put the players out there, or the guy deciding when and where they play. And so Hoyer's telling you it's not David. Then who is it? I mean. There's nobody to blame. Fulmer's a, you know, Fulmer belongs, you know, somewhere not near the bullpen right now. You know, you gave him $4 million and you could have had Matt Moore, right? Right, or Chafin. Chafin or Estevez. Oh, he wasn't on your radar, was he? No, but he should have been because look at the year he's having. Right. He got two and, years, $13 million. He's one of the best relievers in the world. Right. And if Jed doesn't come out on Tuesday, I'll – uh I'll leave no stone unturned about that. 2023 was the year for David Ross. 2024. 2023, 2024. Say it properly, please. What? It's not 2023. That's like, that's done. Sorry? 2023. You're, it's, no one says 2023. Really? Yeah. 2023, 2024. 
hey, Sarah, take note of that. Make sure it's out of my daily. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If this team's 20 and 26 next year at this time, I'll be giving Jed Hoyer the same treatment I'm giving our skipper. Right, and I won't be the host of the show. Yeah, right. No, you'll no, but in twenty twenty four, you'll you're gonna be you're gonna be coaching teams in Texas, dude. So I also speaking of interviews, dude. Austin. I'll be I'll be keeping an eye and ear on Cubs coverage on Tuesday. The Bachelorette Party Capital of the World. Tuesday's a big day for six seventy. The score Cubs coverage. Yeah. I'll be listening to the Ian Happ interview. I'll be taking notes. <laughs> I'll be listening to the David Ross interview. I'll be taking notes. And if I'm available, when Nico Horner's on, I'll be taking notes as well. I took notes um, on uh, the Jeff Passan uh, interview on 1000, and my note was he thinks we stink. <laughs> right. And quite frankly, I'm going to start holding these hosts accountable, especially that half interview. They talk about coffee a lot. Yeah, well, they'll probably talk to Ross about so, like strudel or like, or like breakfast right. pastries or something along those lines. Well, the Cubs do return to action on Tuesday. and uh, Excited. Can't wait. We're going to preview that series coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by So Rare, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB ball clubs. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The Cubs play the Mets at 6.40 p.m. Central Tuesday, and you can listen to every pitch with the Cubs hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SXM app search Cubs or tune in to channel 844 and catch the Cubs all season long on SiriusXM. The Metropolitans in town for a three-game set with the Northsiders, Cubs-Mets, at Wrigley, all games are at 640 Central. Smiley versus Sanga, Stroman versus McGill, and Tyone versus Carrasco. Uh, Kodai Sanga was much discussed on this program this past winter. He eventually signed with the Metropolitans for five years and 75 M's. Sanga so far in 43 innings, Sam, 377 ERA and 55 strikeouts. And uh, that Thursday ball game uh, will be dubbed the 8-plus ERA ball game as a Tyone has an 8-1-0 ERA, Carrasco has an 8-6-8. But Carrasco's been hurt, hasn't he? Average, I believe that's correct. So Cubs-Mets this week, <laughs> and, um, you know, that's pretty much it, dude. <laughs> well, I'll break it down for you. Um uh... What's Megill's numbers? Uh, he's no, pitched, he has he's, like an ERA, like the high threes, low fours. Yeah, so he's been fine. Yeah, he has, uh, no one's heard of him. Um, good day for the Chicago Cubs today without playing as the ball club up north and the ball club down uh, uh, to your southwest. Uh, both those teams were defeated. Uh, Pittsburgh won. They beat Texas in a little bit. But of will it ever tip. matter, though? Uh, and the Cincinnati Reds did defeated the St. Louis Cardinals after a couple bowls of chili. Um, Look, 
Uh, th- this is a must-win series, guys. I, I I like to get greedy and go five and one in your next six, but you have to win a game that's close first. Um, this is a really important series. Sang is going to miss a lot of bats, but he's going to walk a lot of guys. Uh, I think I think patience will be key tomorrow. I expect the Cubs to have some. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a ton about Megill. Um, I know his brother was on the Chicago Cubs a couple years ago, and that wasn't a great stint. And uh, and uh, Cookie Carrasco is definitely getting up there in age. And, no, it's his nickname. No, it's good. I'm just laughing. He's getting up there in age and really struggled his last outing. So the Cubs, I mean, this is a gift for the Cubs. They're missing Verlander and Scherzer, but they also just got shut out by Taiwan Walker and have been dominated by Patrick Corbin. So who knows? Right. Uh, what's going to happen? I think it's a gr- look. The Mets are the Mets are playing really well right now. They changed. They turned out around their season last week with like four straight really really tight yes, comeback yes. wins late. But maybe that's a good omen for the Cubs because every time they play a team that's doing terrible, they lose. So right. Um, hopefully they can win this series, sweep the Reds, have a five and one uh, home stand or a five and one six game stretch before the Tampa Bay twenty seven Yanks come to town. Yeah, no, it's a it's a phenomenal breakdown by you. And, of course, the Mets are managed by Buck Showalter, one of the few veterans remaining in our game. Uh, it's him, Francona. Pete Alonzo leading the league in home runs. Starting yes. Marte off to a slow start. McNeil's been heating up a little bit. Nimmo's a pest at the top of the order. They, their catcher, that top prospect, Alvarez, has been starting to hit. They got a great lineup. They just haven't really been hitting. they brought up hitting. a couple other prospects. Vientos. Yeah, uh, BD. You know. Alvarez, you already say him. Yeah, no, I said him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, they they've been <laughs> they've they've been hitting under like what you expect, but hopefully the Cubs can can shut them down and and win a series. Hey, uh, Carlos Correa is not on this team. No, and he's you know, hitting like a lightweight. So, right. And uh, all right, well, we're gonna keep going here. We're gonna. Get this, get this, unless there's anything else you wanted to say. No, and I want to say this because we may go live. Oh, no, we probably won't because you'll be there. But we may go live this hey. week. Look, if they win 12 2 tomorrow, nobody texts me. Okay. I only, yeah. I only want a message and I only want tweets if they win a close, tight ball game. Right. And uh, you're, you're, you are correct. I, I may be at that ball game. And, and I'm sorry for that, man. And I may buy my tickets the day of the game and I, with game time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports. Use a comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start being hyped for the fun you'll have. Just takes two taps and the tickets are yours. And they're the great place for day of tickets. I, I'm considering going to Wrigley on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be around the ballpark and I'm going to try to do that with game time. I'm going to create an account. Uh, use code Lockdown MLB for $20 off my first purchase. And uh, terms do apply. Again, creating the account and redeem code. Locked on MLB for $20 off to download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with game time. We bring back the trivia segment to close out the Tuesday episode. Trying to close out with a little fun and games as the Cubs are 20 and 26 on this season. I'm going to go with C. Okay. And uh, it's not multiple choice today, actually. I I wanted to make it more challenging. So, Oh, awesome. Christopher Morrell has eight home runs in his first 11 games this season. Yeah. 
Can you name the other three Cubs players to in team history no. to hit eight homers in an eleven game span? Oh, oh, oh okay. So not first eleven, but it it just happens for Morrell to be first eleven, but an eleven game span. I'm gonna three s- players. I'm gonna say Samuel Sosa. Correct. I'm gonna say Alfonso Soriano. I'm sorry, four players. My fault. Oh, you, you don't even know the question, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. What was what, what was what was it? Sosa, Sosa, and Soriano. I said. Oh no, we're we're recording too late. Is I'm it Soriano? Soriano have not, a laugh attack. He's not dude. correct. I'm sorry, Soriano. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not listening. Is he right or no? No, that's right. Okay. Jeez. And that was the most recent one, 2013, okay. a decade ago. Okay, so Sosa and Soriano. Can you do me a favor and just, just humor me a bit and just give me – you don't have to give me the years, but give me some sort of ballpark era. They've been around a long time. Like 60s. Eight, okay, 60. Okay, so that and – and then what's the other one? I believe 70s. Dave Kingman? Yeah, that's correct, dude. And then sixties has got to be it's either it's either Ernie or Billy, and I don't want to get it wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Billy Williams, and that's the show. As Sam goes four for four, I'll be clipping that, dude. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week, and you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Congratulations to the Nuggets. Be sure to hit that subscribe button <laughs> for live. <laughs> For lockdown goes on YouTube. This team stinks. And smash the like button for the algorithm, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. He's Sam Olber. I'm Matt Cozy. This is Locked On Cubs.